the 50-ish fans who are in right now. I've got a couple hundred joining live. Then, of course, it will be on YouTube on all platforms. So, guys, welcome. I'm Mikey Domagala, of course, owner of NBA Buzz, host of Inside Buzz. We're going to call this episode 30 of Inside Buzz, featuring, of course, none other than Arash Markazi, you know, former writer on ESPN, the LA Times, um, Sports Illustrated. Now he's working for the WWE, and he hosts his own show, the Arash Markazi Show. So, Arash, I appreciate you being here and coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Mikey, and congratulations on all your success. I mean, self-built, uh, what a great channel you have. Thank you. I mean, listen, you're a, you're a true inspiration to me, and we're going to touch <laughs> on some things in your life which maybe you could be inspirational to other people. So before we start episode 30, I got to give a quick shout-out to Meyer Zukai, of course, big NBA yeah. buzz fan, a buddy of yours setting us up. Um, I told him I'd give him a shout, and here we are. So shout-out to him. So last night, I mean, oh my God, you're an L.A. guy. You know, I'm, I'm busy enough with the NBA draft. I'm a baseball fan, of course, an NBA fan. The Los Angeles Dodgers make this huge blockbuster deal. Max Scherzer, Trey Turner. The L.A. Lakers land Russell Westbrook. Where did that yeah. all So, you know, crazy night in sports. Let me get your thoughts, and let me get your thoughts on the fit for both teams. It's incredible, Mike. I'm so glad that we waited to do this because I think we had wanted to do this like last week or something. And we literally are now doing it on the day that both of these deals have, you know, basically become official. Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. And everyone's forgetting about Trey Turner. I mean, he, he he's an all-star player. He's coming over to the Dodgers, too. And then Russell Westbrook did that trade won't be official until like August 6th. But that, you know, he tweeted out a picture of himself wearing the jersey i think it's a fantastic fit i mean here's why mikey i think a lot of people are judging him based on the player that he has here i think the player that is going to come to los angeles is a guy who's coming home to win a championship you know and mikey he's been to the final four when he was at ucla he's been to the finals he's one most valuable player he's averaged a triple double he's never won a championship and so when i make this comparison it's not from a talent point of view when dwight when dwight howard came to the lakers it was a different dwight he knew his career was basically done if demarcus cousins doesn't go out and he's out for the year dwight howard may be done they they, they signed him to a non-guaranteed contract he he made himself just tell me where i fit in talk to lebron talk to AD. I'm just going to be a guy on this team. And he was such a great teammate. And I, again, speaking of Dwight, I, I hope he finds a way back. Um, but the Russell Westbrook you're going to get in Los Angeles next season can do what you want. He has the ability to average a triple-double, but he doesn't need to do that. And I, and I don't think he is looking to do that. Transition over to the Dodgers. Max Scherzer, an amazing pitcher. Can, can do it in the big spots, World Series, playoff, postseason. Trevor Bauer's career is obviously over here in, in Los Angeles. But to get Trey Turner and to get Max Scherzer, I always felt that the Dodgers were okay as soon as they got healthy. But, Mikey, as soon as they make these deals, you get Corey Seager back. You're going to get Mookie Betts back. You're going to get Clayton Kershaw back. I mean, this is the best team in baseball. They are going to repeat. It's a beautiful day here in Los Angeles. And I got to tell you, it's a beautiful day in New York as well. You know, <laughs> I didn't I didn't mind the Knicks' draft picks last night, but, oh, my God, Anthony Rizzo coming over. And, yeah. of course, Gallo. 
this is an NBA but NBA podcast, but of course I'm a baseball fan, yeah. so <laughs> it's always great talking ball too. Um, now, Arash, what exactly? What else do the Lakers need? What should they be going for? Of course, I'm assuming with Westbrook coming in, Dennis Schroeder's gone. He's They're gone. not yeah. paying that hundred million dollar plus that he wants. That, in my opinion, he's not totally worth right now. No. What else do they need? Well, they they need depth, Mikey. And the good thing about that is when you have LeBron and AD and Westbrook and you're in Los Angeles and Hollywood with the Lakers, they're going to get guys on the cheap. They're going to get guys on that minimum deal, that mid-level deal. Um, you know, so I have no problem. I, I have no concern about them filling out the roster. They do have to fill out the roster. The guy that I look forward to, because I think everyone's trying to say, like, how does the starting five look? This may be a moment for Taylor Horton Tucker to finally develop as the starting player, consistent player. He has not gotten those consistent minutes. THT can be a guy because, like, he's the number one guy. Whether it was for Kyle Lowry, whether it was for this deal, all teams want THT. This is how valuable he is. On the Lakers, there were three untouchable players. LeBron, and AD, and THT. And people would, would be surprised about that. They believe THT can be a star. He will be given that opportunity to shine now. But when you look to fill out the roster, you're going to get a lot of talented guys on the mid-level, on the minimum, who, again, want to come to Los Angeles, play with LeBron, play on this team. Yeah, and I'm looking at that roster. I think they need shooters. I mean, yeah. how much? Bay, would they have enough for a Duncan Robinson? You know, Buddy Heald, can they really yeah. try to pry him away from Sacramento with what they have and what they got rid of? Not sure, but that's, in my opinion, what they need. Tra you know, transforming over to a journalism question and just talking about that side, t tell me about building relationships. How important is it to build relationships in this field? Of course, you've been around for so long. I've seen you interview so many different people. I know about your relationship with Kobe Bryant. Of course, that is just amazing stuff. Tell me, for young journalists, how you build relationships and down the line, how they've helped you. Well, so this is so important. This is why I think things get, I hope things get back to normal, Mike, because it's so hard to build those relationships via Zoom. And so when you talk to guys covering the league right now, and it's all via Zoom, we're all more than six feet away from these players. We're all wearing masks at these games. And I'm like, it's really hard. Like, I wouldn't have developed the relationships that I had with players via Zoom, six feet apart, wearing a mask. So, again, if things get back to normal, that relationship can start. And how can it start? It, it can start when you just have a casual conversation with a person. I mean, some of the best conversations I've had with Kobe were, were not on the record. My microphone wasn't out. My recorder was not out. I'm talking to him about his life. I'm talking to him about Gigi and Vanessa and whatnot. And the hope is, and this isn't always possible, because here's the thing, you, you're going to encounter players during your career who just don't want to be your friend or don't want to talk with you. But if you can develop that connect, connection, you get to know them on a personal, you know, the, the, the great thing is when you can get their cell phone number. Why? Because in the offseason, you can actually text them and be like, hey, is this true? Is this um, is what I'm hearing about you true? And so that's the thing. That is almost impossible to do via Zoom. I mean, I, you can't pull a guy aside 
via Zoom. You can't walk with him from the park, from the from the locker to the their car via Zoom. So if things get back to normal, but again, developing that relationship outside of the scrum. Final interview with Kobe before his sudden passing. Um, October before that January, so a couple months before. Tell yeah. me about it and things that you discussed and how that all arise. Yeah, the amazing thing was this was a, a conversation that we had planned for a while because going into that that, that first game of the season, so we talked uh, the day before, I, I did the day before the like like opening day of the season, and Kobe had such a relationship with Kawhi and uh, Paul George and with Anthony Davis and LeBron, and so I wanted to talk to him before the first game of the season, the Lakers and um, the Clippers, you know, are you going to be there? Are you going to be watching? You know, what's that going to be like? Um, Mikey, hold on one second. I'm, I'm going to hop out of the car, and then I think the reception will be a little bit better. Um, hold on one second. I see. Perfect. Hold on. Okay, perfect. Let me just... Um, <laughs> but then I... Um, <laughs> but I, I, I... So we had that plan, and the interesting thing was... There was a moment where we could have done that conversation via a phone call, you know, because his office in Costa Mesa was not close to me. And I said, no, you know what? I, I hadn't seen Kobe in a while. And so, like, I'd like to talk to him in person. And he was a big inspiration for, like, the weight loss journey that I had. And I kind of wanted him to kind of, you know, see, you know, my transformation and things like that. And so, um. So I went and talked with him, and again, this was either the day of or the day before. I think it was the day before the first game of the season. And the cool thing about him is, or the cool thing about the conversation was we got to talk about life. I talked to him about Gigi, and he had that, the line that I'll never forget about that conversation was I was like, dude, like, she looks like you when she's playing. Like, the way that she puts her, like, hands on her, on her hips, the way that she plays. And he's like, genetics are a real thing, man. Like, and he was talking about her. And so that was the thing that got me really the most. And the first thing I thought of after his passing was just the relationship that he had. Because when I heard, you know, the first report that came out was, um, the first report that came out was that he was in a helicopter crash in Calabasas. And I was like, I know where he was going and I know who's probably in the helicopter with him. So, yeah, I mean, I mean it still does not seem real. It's still like, even today, what it's been like over like a year later, that does not seem real. Yeah. And, you know, you spoke about how inspirational he was to you on your weight loss journey, which we'll touch on later. But for the years of knowing Kobe, the dozens of conversations, I would assume, what's something that you remember him telling you or, you know, giving you advice on a human level that you'll never forget? You know, it, it was just how hard he worked and i saw that in person but then i talked to him about that i'll give you a quick story this was 2009 in orlando and i was and i didn't always stay at the same team hotel as the guys but they were at the ritz carlton grand lakes like in orlando and if you're familiar with that like it's way off like it's not close to the city so phil back then it was a two three two so for the, for the th three games in between phil wanted them to be away from the hubbub and after game four, like, Kobe looked tired. And, like, the major storyline was, like, Kobe looked tired or whatever. And Kobe's, like, in the lobby till, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, like, drinking Coronas and just talking about life. And I'm like, bro, like, don't you have, like, a game? And he's like, yeah. But, like, I'm, he just never slept. 
And then so I went to go sleep. I couldn't sleep. I woke up at five. Kobe's leaving the gym in like a full sweat. And I'm like, dude, like, you didn't sleep? He's like, I'll have plenty of time to sleep when the season is over. He just never slept. He just never. And so it's like, so if a guy like Kobe can work that hard, it's like, I think like I can, I mean, there's no way like I'm going to work as hard as he does, but like, it, it, it wasn't just God given, right? It wasn't just because his, his dad played it in the league. Um, like there was no one who worked harder than he did. And my favorite video that I shot of him, you, you may have seen it. It's the, so the Lakers PR department like opened practice a little bit too early. Like, so normally we can watch the end of practice when they're stretching and whatnot. Kobe is going at it. So this is when Jeremy Lin and Nick Young were on the team. And he's going at them. He's calling Nick Young soft. And then when he's walking off the court, he's like, I'm trying to remember, but he's like, Mitch, I'm trying to practice and harder and get better. These motherfuckers ain't doing shit for me. (laughs) (laughs) And so when I was watching the last dance and seeing Michael Jordan, I never covered Jordan, but I covered Kobe. You know, Kobe wanted to be like MJ. And so, like, he was hard. I mean, he was – obviously, that, that team wasn't that good. But, like, he went after Jeremy Lin. He went after Nick Young, you know. And that all pushes them to get better. And yeah. And, again, I started NBA Buzz in 2012 when I was 12. And in 2012, as you know, social media in sports was a way different landscape. Yeah. Than what are your thoughts on, like, NBA Twitter and all that stuff and the evolution of everything today? You know, the beauty about it, Mikey, and what you're doing and, and, and all the work you put into it, I think you do not, and I've had to learn this like the hard way in terms of media, like you don't necessarily need to be attached to a big company, right, to make like an impact. And so I think when I was coming up, obviously it was before social media. So I really did get to live my dreams in terms of working at Sports Illustrated, working at ESPN, working at the Los Angeles Times. But now when you look at Spotify and Instagram and Substack and IG and all that stuff, like you can cover sports and not have to be attached to those big companies because the unfortunate thing because of um, economics and the pandemic and stuff like that, you could be killing it at your job and like lose your job. And so the unfortunate thing is like I've seen a lot of friends have to try to pivot and figure out like how am I going to like do what I love to do and you do what you love to do. And that came from like a pure place of like, you just will love it. And, but because of time you develop a following, you make, you know, you make some money, you make a living. And so I think media is going to have to follow amazingly. And I don't know whether you know it or not, they're going to have to follow like your lead developing that organic following. So like, there's no one who could, you know, if they wanted to fire you, Mikey, all of your followers would have to unfollow you because you've developed your own brand. And so I think that's where, like, NBA Twitter is going, where, like, I follow all the guys who are doing the news and making news and stuff like that, but I love the guys who are doing the memes. I love the guys who are doing, like, what you're doing. And, and, and so, like, the message to young reporters out there, you know, you, you, you have to grind. And, Mike, you can kind of do your own show where you speak about the grind and what that means. But um, you do not necessarily, and this is coming from someone who, like, took the traditional path. You don't, need to, you, have, you don't have to do that. But you do have to grind. And I think people who know if they follow you, they're going to get 
all the information. They're going to get all, all that. But um, it's, it's such a unique time. And you're seeing, like, by the way, Mark Stein, who I have more respect. I grew up reading Mark Stein. He covered the Lakers back in the day. Leaving the New York Times for Substack. Yeah. Leaving traditional media for a podcast or the green room or the stuff he's doing. That's where it's going, man. And so kudos to you and the other guys who kind of knew that before or, but like, that's where it's going. I appreciate that. And, you know, that coming from you is, is very special to my heart because when I was starting out, I, I used to see all your tweets. I used to read all your articles on Kobe and whatnot. So I really appreciate that. And Arash, who are the top three interviews that you've ever had? Well, obviously, it has to start with Kobe. And I think it would have been Kobe even before then. But I think, like, after his passing, I mean, I go back to that conversation. Lamar Odom was the, has always been, this was even before he went through all his stuff, was always the most candid interview that, that I've ever had. I mean, I always felt like I was going to church when I talked to, like, Lamar. <laughs> I mean, he was, uh, he was amazing. Like, Lamar Odom. Um, and then Pau Gasol is the nicest, maybe the nicest human being I've ever talked to. Um, you know, Kat, his uh, wife, I've known since, her since she was in college, when she was working at uh, Channel 2. Like, I was, like, she'll say, like, I was her mentor, but she was fantastic on her own. But oh, yeah. uh, so to I, kind of, you know, know him and his wife now is incredible. So, but, again, I mean, I've covered the Lakers so much, so maybe it's not surprising. But, yeah, I mean, Kobe, Lamar, and Powell, and, I really love that team. I really love that, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010 team. Like, that was a, a fun team to cover. Another shout-out, NBA Buzz fan, Josh Powell from those years. Yeah. I on those teams and really, really cool guy. Um, yeah. Another big three kind of question I got for you. In your life, who are the big three of people you've idolized? Let's say one being an athlete, two yeah. being – somebody in the journalism field and three being a family member or friend well yeah i mean so let's see how do i start this you know you know jim murray was like my favorite columnist as a kid growing up and so like i knew when i went to the los angeles times it wasn't going to be for like the long haul like everyone knows where newspapers are at and during the pandemic you can't even find a newspaper but i always thought like it would be cool just to like work there so like i was there for a little bit got to have like that dream come true because of him um, my, my parents, if I can kind of maybe like combine to like my mom and my dad, just what they've, what they've meant to me in terms of, uh, you know, just, just really instilling hard work and treating people the right way and doing things the right way. Um, trying to think of a third one that would be outside the box. I'm sure there's a good one. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a uh, one that's a little bit outside the box, man. But, no, I mean, listen, we've already talked about him, but, like, when I, I tell you that Kobe really, like, influenced my life, like, he really did. So, like, there's sometimes when people are like, oh, you're, you know, you're tw tweeting about him a lot. Or you I'm like, it, it, it's hard to, you know, quantify that connection there. And so, like, that's why it's someone that I, I really admire, and it means a lot to me, the relationship that we had. And so I'll just say that those three people <laughs> – Cool. And, and just for a question for myself to you, what year did you start covering the Lakers? So my first year was for Slam Magazine. And so the first year full time, amazingly, and this was like a surreal year, was the Kobe Shaq Carl Malone GP year. 
So, like, wow. I was a fan before, and uh-huh. I'd get the occasional credential as, like, a freelancer. So, like, I did cover, like, 2000, 2001, 2002. Like, I'd go to, like, I'd get one credential and cover, like, one game. But in terms of, like, I covered, like, every single home game and covered, like, a handful of road games and whatever, my first full-time year for Slam Magazine was that Kobe Shaq, Carl Malone, and people want to shit on that team. Like, they got to the finals. And I still say to this day, if Carl Malone's healthy and that team's healthy, it, it that series at least goes six or seven. And if the Pistons are going to win, they're going to have to do it in Los Angeles. And I don't know if they, they could have done it. So people want to crap on that team. That team did get to the finals. And if they were healthy, I still say to this day that they win the finals. And as you said, people want to crap on you. But being a fan of Kobe <laughs> and covering him every day, that had to be special. And then becoming friends. Wow, I, I can't even imagine. Um, of course, I mentioned the Arash Markazi show earlier also wwe i saw that that picture of you at wrestlemania as your pinned tweet tell me and the fans about how much you love wwe and when they came knocking you know how special it was to join them it's a dream come true mike i mean i grew up a wrestling fan i got all this like memorabilia at home like where i've sat like ringside and i got the folding chairs i got the championship belt i got all that stuff um when they called with an opportunity to be like an on-camera personality and they were like, you know, how like Jim Ross used to do like these sit-down interviews back in the day with Steve Austin and Mankind and whatever, like we kind of want you to do that where we're not going to change your name. We're not going to give you a script. Like you're going to sit down with the talent and you're going to, you know, just talk to them. I'm like, oh, shoot, like that'd be fun. So, yeah, like once a month I fly out to Florida and I do the W. And it's so cool to be a part of that company. And again, that's another one of those things I thought when I was younger, for example, like that my next job, for example, is the job I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Don't view life like that. Like with the WWE, I don't know how long I'm going to be there, but this is a a dream come true. So even if for a year or two, that's a dream check mark. Awesome. I love sports talk radio. I don't know how long I'm going to do that for a year. Maybe check that off the list. The Los Angeles times sports columnist, see my picture in the newspaper, check that off. You know, like life is about experiences and so this was a job that i was like i'm for sure gonna take it this is like an amazing opportunity you know um yeah i mean and that's why i respect and admire like the new generation the young generation because they want to do things where they're creative and they control their own content whether that's on tiktok or ig or whatnot again when i was a kid coming up in college and my first job I was very like gotta get a job sports illustrated like ESPN like LA Times keep my head down do my job maybe I'll make more money if they think I'm worth it maybe not like I don't know like you know but then it's like shoot like Mikey if you kill it you're gonna get more followers and if you get more followers you're gonna get more from like like ad revenue stuff like that like you control your own destiny. So kudos to you once again, Mikey. And I'm saying that because like sometimes you may not hear it when you're doing the grind, but it is impressive. And I think that's the future of where we're going. Thank you. And I agree with you. And uh, right now, to be honest, as great as NBA buzz is and everything I'm doing, I'm trying to get a foot in the door in a big network like that. Using that as my background and my resume, you know what I mean? So if I could do both, that'll be perfect. And yeah, and you're right. It's like so like non-traditional, but it's becoming traditional nowadays. Yeah. See it more and more. 
And Ross, something I want to debut here on episode 30 of Inside Buzz is a little game called Instant Buzz, where I give you five quick true or false questions. And with a true or a false and one little blurb, you got to answer. Okay. All right. Go. All right. True or false, LeBron James will win another championship in his career. And why? True. I think they got the best team on paper next season. I think the Nets are very combustible. I don't like that team. I, I don't like Kyrie. I don't like KD is all up in the Twitter spaces trying to explain <laughs> his time with the Warriors to fans. Uh, no, I think it's a very combustible team. I like the Lakers, and I, I think the Lakers will win it next year. Okay. True or false? Team USA, after a shaky start, will summer. <laughs> Wait, can you, you repeat that? Yeah, Team USA, after a shaky start, will win gold this summer. No, 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 no. They will not win gold. I saw them in Vegas, and I'm like, they're not playing together. They're, they're not playing as a team. And so, you know, I love Iran. I put some money on that game because they were <laughs> 42 and a half. I thought, like, well, Team USA is going to win, but they're not going to blow them out. And they did. God bless Hamid Haddadi um, and, all that, <laughs> and all those guys on that team. No, I, I don't. I think they medal. I don't think that they win gold, though. Interesting. Very interesting. True or false? Space Jam 2 is better than Space Jam 1. No. Oh, come on. That's ridiculous. No. Space Jam. Space Jam OG. Space Jam the original is one of the best movies. Not one of the best. I love that movie. Space Jam 2 was never going to like meet Space Jam 1. It was, listen, it was kind of worse than I thought. But listen, it's on <laughs> HBO Max. You didn't have to spend any money watching it. If you have HBO Max, you watch it. And if you don't like it, you change the channel. Too much CGI, man. Too much. Exactly. <laughs> True or false? In the early days or even now, you've searched up your name on Twitter to see what people were saying about you. Oh, God. Yes, but then I, I don't do it anymore because there's a lot of uh, negative people out there. But look, of course, listen, you have to search your name every now and again to see what's saying about you. But yeah, it's, uh, sometimes it's very depressing. I, I, I tell young reporters that about the comment section. Like, don't go in the comment section. It's not healthy. Yeah, oh my God. Especially with thousands of comments a day on NBA Buzz. I, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, last true or false, and I got three more questions for yeah. you, and then let you head out. True or false, you're a California guy. In and Out is the best fast food in the world. I would agree with that. Like when I talk to my friends in Texas, they say Whataburger. Talk to my friends in New York, they say Shake Shack. I love In and Out. I think it's the best. I think it's the freshest. I think it's. Uh, yeah, in my view, it's the best. I don't knock people who say Shake Shack. I think people who say Whataburger are out of their minds. I don't understand that one. <laughs> I had Shake Shack earlier today with my girlfriend, and we definitely enjoyed it. That's a, that's a good one. Because I don't have In-N-Out out here. So oh, it's so good. The next time you come out here, you're going to have to try it. Perfect. We'll go, we'll go on a little lunch. Uh, <laughs> and uh, something we mentioned earlier, um, your weight loss journey. Also... <laughs> Know, you fighting cancer two times and beating yeah. it. Tell the audience about that. Which came first, and did the cancer lead up to the weight loss journey? Yeah, no. Uh, cancer was in 2001 when I was at USC, and then again in 2005 after I was out of USC. So it was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma both times. Um, both times chemo, stem cell transplant on the on the, the last one. No, you know, it was funny. The weight loss was a by so the weight gain was a byproduct of that. You know, like I was in the hospital and I was eating this fast food and I was eating all this crappy food and I gained all this weight. 
I mean, I, I was still amazed at how big I got. I mean, 329 pounds, you know, you go into the hospital and you're like less than 200. And then during the course of however many years, you gain 130 plus pounds. And so 329 was where I kind of was like, I got to stop this. And then I got into this weight loss journey, which I guess maybe like two years ago, and then lost 130 pounds. And then I kind of have to do like another, another reset, you know, because during like the pandemic, you know, uh, gyms were closed. Everything was closed. You're basically at home. You're like eating, drinking. Um, so but the, the good thing is, like, I know how to do it now. And, you know, so social media was a big inspiration because I made myself publicly accountable. You know, I just uh, posted every day. So I'm going to start up again. You know, I, I didn't gain a ton of but I gained some weight during like the pandemic. So. I'll restart this again on Monday and kind of do that whole like day one, day two. And everyone always gives me crap about it. But I did 600 days straight of working out, you know, and so. Wow. Well, listen, awesome. yeah. that's on record now. So you're starting to get on Monday. <laughs> exactly. I got to do it again. <laughs> now, Raj, you being so busy, you traveling from city to city. I mean, you come to New York, the food capital. How do you not yeah. get So, and Philly, how do you not get a Philly cheesesteak? That being said, when you're traveling, how do you limit yourself and how do you discipline yourself enough to keep that weight off? So that is the hardest thing. Yeah, to your point, like when I travel and I go to Vegas a lot, there's so many great restaurants there. I mean, you just have to realize, I guess, is that I have tasted all these amazing foods. Like I don't need to do it again. Like every time I go to Philadelphia, do I really need two cheesesteaks? Like do I really need like when I go to Chicago, like a deep dish pizza and all that? Like what I like to have is sure, of course. I don't need to do that every time. You do need to reward yourself. You do need to, um, you do need to have those like cheat days every now and again. But I mean, the problem is every meal for me back in the day when I was like over over three hundred pounds was like a cheat day. So, you know, the key is to kind of it's all in moderation. So if I go to New York, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to work out. I will give myself one day, one night to go out and enjoy myself, but I'm not going to go crazy, you know? So, yeah. Gotcha. Two more questions. One yeah. about, one about sports. Um, what is one piece of information or advice you could give to a young journalist listening right now? Man. I know. Um, it's a big question. No, but it's true. I mean, I mean the, the game has changed so much, but I would say, you know, don't get down on yourself when times are hard because this is a, brutal business this is a brutal industry and so as long as you do the right things and you know uh you know because the way that you're doing it i think is the right way and i a part of me is like you got to build organically your following and i think if you do that the beauty of where the business is going right now is that you don't need to depend on a big outlet to follow your dreams you've built up a, such a following that I think you could go out on your own and do what you want to do. Now, listen, at the end of the day, would you like to get attached to a traditional outlet? Of course. Like I think we all do, but I think, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think like the best way to, to, to say it is just work hard because here's the thing. You could be a big fan of the Lakers. Just know your first job isn't going to be covering the Lakers. You got to keep your head down to do your job and do it well. But it's going to be a grind and and um 
just work hard and be open to anything. I mean, you know, because when I was coming up, Mikey, like I was covering high school sports and not just high school football, which I think everyone loves. Like I was covering high school golf, high school, like lacrosse tournaments or whatever. Just keeping the grind and always saying yes and putting your, yourself in a position that, oh, wait, someone can't cover this college game. So I was covering a college game. And the next thing you know, I'm covering like a pro game and things like that. So you work yourself up. By the way, so there's so many fun people in the chat. I will say when I go, I go to New York, I go to Reserve Cut, Mikey, Reserve Cut, the best kosher steakhouse in the world that I've ever been to. And a lot of my friends are Jewish, and I go to Reserve Cut in New York City, the best steak in a steak tartare that really? I've ever had. I try that out. Is that in Manhattan, or is that a different borough? It's near uh, Wall Street. Oh, okay. Oh, it's okay. Downtown. Yeah. All right. Interesting, yeah, man. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, outside of the top three of, of the 2021 NBA draft, who who's your sleeper? Well, it's funny because the only guy I really know is um, Heaven Mobley, and I would have talked about him, but like normally a USC <laughs> guy is not in the top three, but then USC – as a top three player, yeah. I love Evan Mobley, I think. I was actually hanging out with James Weissman in San Francisco, and I was telling James, the funny thing was, this was my first time face-to-face -face with a player, like, all year or in the past 16 months. And same for him. Since he's been in the league, he's never sat face-to-face -face with a reporter because it's all Zoom. Wow. But we both got tested, and we're good. We did, like, a, com a conversation in San Francisco. Um he liked Mobley, too, because he was the guy, like, like I talked about, in terms of his size and his skill set and what he can do. Um, so I'm only going to lean on guys like I know pretty well, and I'm going to go with Kevin Mobley there. I like uh, Davian Mitchell from Baylor. Yeah. I mean, listen, his name sounds just like Donovan Mitchell, but they, know, right? they look just like each other and play like each other, too. Yeah. Sacramento, 10 or 11, I believe. And listen, they're guard heavy, but I believe that young core is – finally going to start picking up over there so we'll end it on that note arash again i appreciate you coming on to episode 30 of inside buzz i'm mikey domagala that's arash markazi arash a pleasure as always thank you so much for having me man let's do this again really soon sounds good all right talk to you soon all right thanks